When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now in the Corn Roof Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Corn Roof Podcast. I am your amazing host, Mr. Jared Clem, alongside my right-hand man, Mr. Kev host of the Tailgate and Quad Pod, which dropped a new episode today, by the way. Can't wait to listen later. Our marketing wizard, Pat Donahue. I'm going to get him a hat for, by the end of this season. I will get him a damn wizard hat. He has to wear on live shows. <laughs> and, of course, our intern, Samir, ca- Captain uh, Sprite Cranberry himself. Can I just get a normal belly-up hat instead of a wizard hat? I feel like yeah. I'd wear that in public a lot more. No, we're going to get a belly-up hat, but it's got a wizard logo on the side. Pat, you can wear it to the bars when I'm going in my Alabama-Hawaiian shirt and Jared's going in his Viking dreads. I feel like I might still be the most normal person in that scenario. Not by a long shot, so, but just barely. Yeah, all right. So here we go, boys. Uh, a couple head coaching hires last night. A couple rumors going around uh, about other positions and something weird about Eric Bieniemy that I found out today through Good Morning Football, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and also, we'll talk about division picks as well, but we'll get start off with the uh, head coaching search. So one was just announced like literally 30 seconds ago after we started we started recording in our pre-show meeting, and that was that Arthur Smith is now the officially going to be the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, the former offense coordinator of the uh, Tennessee Titans, who doesn't know what a damn counterplay is. Um will be the next head coach. I am this is the first offensive head coach they've had at least in recent I don't know, was Mike Smith offensive based or he I thought he was defense. Uh, I know Dan Quinn was a defensive coordinator in Seattle beforehand, so Yeah, Dan Quinn was a defensive coordinator. Mike Smith was a defensive coordinator. Okay, so you're going all the way back almost like the days of like Jim Moore at this point or Bobby Petrino. But um yeah, so Arthur Smith with that I've heard things about Atlanta blowing it up. I don't know what they're going to do. They might keep Matt Ryan for one more year. They may not. Free Julio, as always. Calvin Ridley's established himself as a top 10, arguably wide receiver, especially this season. So it's going to be really interesting. What do you guys think of uh, Arthur Smith going to Atlanta? I'm I'm kind of interested to see. I mean, I just want to see what Atlanta's doing all in all. Uh, as far as, like, are they going, like, hard restructure and rebuild? Like, are they just going to trade away the farm and, like, are they going to do that with a new head coach and allow him to basically build the team from scratch? Or are they going to, you know, one and twos here and there, like they'll keep Matt Ryan, but maybe like trade Julio away. And I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what happens with that organization. I hate this move. hundred percent hate it. The Titans got good. Once they decided to hand the rock over to Derrick Henry, that's really it. They're, they don't have a running back. Like there are no other running backs really in the league like that. I, 
don't see this working out with the way Atlanta wants to be a pass-first offense. If they blow it up, that might change. But what, are you going to hand it off to Todd Gurley 20 times a game? <laughs> I'm in the same boat as Kevin uh, right now because, like, he, he hit it around the head. Unless they go draft a Najee Harris, a Travis Etienne, there's, unless they, I don't, there's not many running backs in free agency this year. They're either going to have to go make a trade. Somebody's going to have to get cut, which is a very real possibility. And honestly, Tennessee's offense was only done. I mean, yes, Tannehill made a good couple good throws, and they had so much. That team was built like a damn Madden offense, and they still lost to the Ravens. The Ravens also played a great good defense. The defensive coordinator for the Ravens should have gotten a damn job interview because he was he the last couple weeks has been on like on a new level. But first offensive coach they've had since Bob Petrino. Um and yeah, I'm also a uh, Pat, great point. We don't know what the hell they're gonna do. Free agency is gonna be the big tell all for so many teams what their plans are. Because that first day of the new year, I can guarantee, at least for even just my team alone, I know six or seven guys are getting cut or traded. Um it's gonna be a lot of craziness from what New Year start NFL New Year starts like what, March seventh or eighth or whatever, Kev? Somewhere uh, in that first, second week. Generally when it is uh, I'm not sure if COVID changed that. Because I, I, if they play the Super Bowl on time, I don't think it would. It all depends on how, because like, I know the Shrine Bowl is going to be different. And the Eagles have to figure out their coaching situation because they are now hosting. They're one of the two teams doing all the drills for the Shrine Bowl or what the simulated Shrine Bowl is going to be or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's going to be crazy. This offseason is going to be insane. It's going to be almost as crazy, but at least more eventful than last year's offseason was. Where last offseason was so overly analyzed, this offseason is just going to be a tornado of shit happening every five minutes, and we're just going to be lucky to catch it. Samir, before we go on to the other two hires that got announced last night, uh, I mean, we can, uh, what do you got about Atlanta and Arthur Smith? I mean, I have a quite. I mean, I didn't follow the Falcons, I mean, too closely this year, but, I mean, did, did uh, Raheem Morris, like, it seemed like he was kind of turning the ship around. Like, I feel like he kind of earned a, another shot at it for another year. I, I mean, obviously the team might have another, you know, plan for moving on with the future, but he really turned that defense around for sure because that defense was horrible under Dan Quinn, and they started to toughen up. I mean, that game against the Chiefs was great. Yeah, but I, I mean, also, he they didn't do that well under him. Yeah, the defense improved, but they still went 4-7. and seven. Right. So I, I think that's part of the issue. Uh, it might be a personnel issue there, but I mean, yeah, they started on five and went four and seven. That is improvement, but he really couldn't have done worse than Dan Quinn. Basically. Yeah. Um, the other thing is I really, I, I was thinking about this just now um, with Atlanta. This is the most Atlanta thing ever too, but I saw about something else. Dan Quinn, whose defense was atrocious as the head coach, of the Atlanta Falcons, Goes to the Dallas Cowboys to coach yeah, the baby. defense. Is anybody else not seeing the the like the comedy skit that this could be? Uh, I think that like Dan Quinn as a head coach, who I don't even know who Dallas's defense coordinator was last year. I completely forgot. Uh, Rob Marinelli. Dan Quinn can't do much worse than Rob Marinelli. It's you know it's it's just secondary. It it they they're the they're they're the same issues the Baltimore Ravens supposedly had. Where they have nobody in the middle because you you can't tell me Xavier Woods is a safety, but I I see your point like it, it's it's definitely an improvement I will say over Rod Marinelli. Anything else, guys? I, I saw on Twitter uh I saw on Twitter someone put like 
I don't know who it was, but someone was like, oh, Dan Quinn is the is the defensive Adam Gase where he rode the coattails of the Legion of Boom, where Adam Gase rode the coattails of Peyton Manning. And honestly, that's a that's a good comparison. That's pretty much all it's been. That was actually pretty good. I like that a lot because it is, is very true. Um, yeah, anything else you guys got on this before we move on to the other two? All right, we can speedball this. When we talked about last night, Lobo and Cruz uh, show bombed our uh, live stream. Uh, Urban Wire, new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. No surprise there. They've been talking about it for weeks. Um, it's all going to matter. It's all going to matter on is he going to trade for Watson? Is he going to draft uh, Lawrence? What What's going to happen? But uh, Or the funniest thing that could happen, the guy, you know, Ryan Day was the coach for both of Justin Fields years, right? Yeah. I just thought, yeah. what, are, what are the funniest thing ever if he just, like, drafted Justin Fields first overall just to throw a cluster, a monkey bomb into that thing because it's an Ohio State guy. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. All right. Uh, last but not least, and this happened about 1130 last night, uh, Robert Sala is the new head coach of the New York Jets. Um, I think it's uh, assumed he's bringing over Michael LaFleur, Matt's little brother, who's, I guess, their offensive guy who's going to be their new OC. Um I like this for the Jets. I, he's a, a rah-rah kind of coach, and he's very up and motivated. And I think a defensive-minded coach for the Jets just kind of fits. Um, if they have a solid OC calling the plays, I think it'll be at least to help Sam Darnold, um, Bashad Behrman, Denzel Mims, Chris Herndon, and that whole roster. They need a damn running back, and they need offensive line help. But <clears throat> Yeah, I think it'll be good for the team. It kind of hurts – being a fan of a team that's in the same uh, that's in the AFC East as well, but I, it'll be good for them. Kind of bad for the Patriots since we're in our kind of rebuilding uh, time period now, but good for them. Quentin Williams was happy. I feel like the issue though is I don't think Robert Sala is going to be their head coach for very long. I think whoever they hired wouldn't be their head coach for very long. There's so many things that they need that yeah. it's. They, someone would get fired within the next three years because they're not with all the hype that's going to be around the next coach and this high draft pick they have. It doesn't pan out. He's screwed. He's basically got a Brian Flores, this whole thing. Like he's got to shift the culture almost instantly. And it's got to be from like the ground up. Yeah. I think he gets two years of losing records. He's got to make the playoffs by year three or he's fired. I think he at least has to have a winning record by year three with, a win, a couple wins over the Patriots, Dolphins, and Bills. I mean, I could definitely see the, the, the Dolphins. I think w- with all this crap you're hearing about the anonymous sources with Tua, I don't, I don't know what the hell the Dolphins are going to do. I think they should keep Tua. Honestly, give him at least one more ride. If he really is that bad, then yeah, you got to get rid of him next year. Because as much as this quarterback class is going to be good, there's always free agency. There's always trading up. It's not a death sentence if you take a receiver this year or you trade that pick for more picks or whatever the hell the Dolphins are going to do. I don't know. Maybe they just put more weapons around him. Like maybe go get a Galladay or a Chris Godwin to go along with Devontae Parker and see what happens. What the Dolphins should do is get weapons, hire a competent offensive coordinator, and then see what Tua can do. Oh, and also, you know, don't bench Ryan Fitzpatrick after he starts playing well. True. Um, Chan Gailey, is he still employed by them? I thought he got canned. He, he quit. No. Yeah, he quit. I think he might retire. I don't know. All right, yeah. Well, he's been coaching the Stanley for so long. Anyway, I remember we had coach. Um, all I'm going to say is this is, yeah, one, they need to hire a new OC. So they're probably going to go after one of the college guys. But um, 
Yeah, it definitely should be interesting. And the last but not least, the head coaching is a uh, couple news from uh, all you people who, for some reason, we have a couple Eagles fans that listen to our show. Um, the 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 front runner in the lead for head coach is um J- uh, Joe Brady from um uh the Panthers OC. I'm on the fence about that one. I yes, our offense was fun to watch this year, and they put up a lot of points, and they had an atrocious defense. I just he's 31 years old, man. I I, I don't like the whole McVay move a lot. I would have loved Bienemy and the whole. I got a story about Bienemy in a second as well. Um, also, uh, the other names are Kev's boys, Rod Mayo, Team Five One all day. That's my lucky number. So any player wearing Five One is automatically a favorite of mine. And the last one is uh, Eagles running back coach and assistant assistant head coach. I keep like both positions or whatever. Uh, Deuce Staley. That's the other one, which I would love that too. That'd be definitely a locker room move. I just don't know what he, how he would bring in a new OC in DC. But that that would all be kind of we'd have to figure out later. Uh, news Kellen, on Eric, what'd you say? And Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, but I haven't heard them actually locking in an interview where Mayo and Staley and Brady Ball interviewed or will interview over the next 24 hours. Like they like they reached out to Todd Bowles and Todd Bowles like yeah I'm good. And I think the Eagles like yeah we're good too. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, Kevin Kev texted me this while I was at work. Oh Todd Bowles really? I'm like yeah. And so. I found out why Eric Bannon is not doing any interviews. Well, one, he's he's doing the playoffs, but he's he's not even taking phone calls about any interviews until after the Chiefs make the playoffs. I mean, to win the Super like our limit from the playoffs or win the Super Bowl. So I, I'm, I respect that, but it's also like there's only like three or four like vacancies left, right? It's Philly, uh, um, Detroit, uh, Houston, and that's it. Oh, and, and uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I was gonna say who's the Chargers, but you covered it. Uh, I would wait. Uh, you have time. If I'm Houston, I'm waiting until I interview Eric Bieniemy just to try and keep Deshaun Watson around. Also, also good. I mean, um, who knows? <laughs> the way I've been hearing you guys take on uh, NFL shows this week, and the way we were talking last night, that he may get a chance to interview Eric Bieniemy by next week. So who knows if that goes south? Uh, all right, so that's a perfect lead-in. Uh, quick, quick notes. Uh, Digital Mayhew signs a new deal with the New York Yankees at Samir's Boys. Um, Let's go. Yeah, he's hyped about that right now. Oh, is that gonna get you over the hump? That big free agent. Oh wait, he was there last year. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! Rumors are we get Kluber on a one-year prove-it contract. Oh wow, that's big. Oh yeah, because uh, that last big-name pitcher you guys signed really helped you win a World Series, right? Yeah, yeah. I think you guys should the Yankees should go back to what they did in 09. Yankees need to go back to what they did in 09 and start allowing the beards to come back because that was the one time they actually won a series. I would not want to sign with the Yankees. Oh, I wouldn't either. They have so many rules. Like, that's why they signed these massive contracts because they know no one would want to play there. I don't know why they still do that stuff. Like, even as a fan, I'm like, this stuff is useless, especially the facial hair stuff. I feel like it's just like to keep like an old timey image of like baseball, but that really hasn't been working out for the sport as a whole. So yep. Yeah. I mean, like, the dying league. Yeah. Hey, let's like let's stick to what we've been doing. It's tradition. That's what it's all about. It it took a health a global health crisis to like bring their uh their viewership up because it was literally the only sport on. 
I watched more baseball this summer than I ever have in my entire life. Yeah. I think I watched a game every night, almost every night, until my Diamondbacks were like eliminated in August. I'm like, yeah, screw this, I'm done. Did the same with the Sox. There was a lot earlier. <laughs> yeah, well, I had the package yeah. too. I bought it for like 50 bucks. I was like, oh hell yeah, a single team package like 50 bucks for streaming. And I was like, this is fun as hell. I love watching the games. And then I'm just like, oh, oh, they still suck because they have they have like two power hitters and no bullpen. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so oh, last uh, football news, uh, Von Miller is under criminal investigation, but the, no news on what the charges actually are. He's being investigated by, uh, I think it was, it's Denver. It looks like local authorities right now, but more that more details will come on that soon. Uh, all right, so the main event while we're here, of course, uh, tomorrow kicks off division playoffs. So our first pick was our house upset this week, the Los Angeles Rams to upset the Green Bay Packers. I didn't even bring that up to one of our favorite Packers fans last night when I was I, I w- was uh, having a funny conversation about some Twitter bullshit with her. But I do think and I I, I did I looked at this last night a little bit because I lo- I was looking at Packers logic. So I, a couple I saw a couple of videos from like some about Packers fans that takes about this. And their whole take is oh they're gonna have to double team Devontae Adams so somebody will be open. But I thought to myself. Wait a minute. Are y'all forgetting Jalen Ramsey doesn't need a double team to shut down about 95% of the receivers in the NFL? And Devontae Adams doesn't have anything physically that would make me fear him as Jalen Ramsey. If I was Ramsey, I'd be like, all right, I'm just taking this guy, man. I mean, he might get a couple quick outs on me or a, qu- a couple quick comebacks, but he's not going to break a tackle for me. He's not going to break stride because Ramsey kept stride for stride with DK Metcalf most of the damn game. And to me, you take that out of the picture, and then you put all these young guys like Troy Hill on these unproven, and sometimes the only reason they're open is because they got Adams triple teams receivers. I mean, their biggest threat besides Adams to me is Bob Tunyon, so uh, we'll see. I, I just there, I'm smelling in the water right now because Jared Goff's a starter. The boat will be uh, starting coming in as the backup, and. Um, they're, they were talking about, they're like, oh, we got to get Jared Goff motivated because, you know, they would have started John Wofford if uh, he was healthy this week. And, I you know, if I'm Goff, I just want to come out there and just chuck the lights out because it's no no snow. It's going to be just it's gonna be about 30-something degrees. I think we're like 36 at game time. So no snow, no precipitation. So if, if there was a – the only way it would be better if it was a little warmer, but, like, no – like, if there's a shot for the Rams to do it, it's – Tonight, it's Sunday or Saturday night. So I'm up for this. Any, uh, any other thoughts on Rams Packers? Yeah. Weather-wise, it looks like the stars really aligned because that was the huge issue, right? Was Jared Goff having like his, having just dislocated his finger, uh, taking snaps in like snowy cold weather was going to be an issue. But without snow and like you said, 36, like he'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, even then the, the, Ah, the Rams, sorry, I was texting someone in the middle of that, too. The Rams, they have, as Cruz pointed out yesterday, they have the best defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They, you, you stop Devontae Adams, you can stop the Packers, more or less. I know Aaron Rodgers made big plays, but stick Ramsey on Adams. I trust the rest of their corners to shut down the Packers. And Kev, you also brought up last night two down, down two offensive linemen against that pass rush. I didn't bring that up. I thought you did. I brought that up, man. Oh, oh Samir. Samir brought that up. The intern, getting my credit. Yeah, at least I didn't just say, yeah, I was me. No, I, I didn't know that. Um, Yeah, that pass rush is deadly. Uh, Aaron Jones is going to be the big question mark, but again, I trust this defense to 
slow him down enough to give the Rams a chance. Also, before uh, Samir, you can go give your thoughts. And I have some other breaking news that I just saw. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be tough with no snow for the Packers. I uh, again, Aaron Jones. I I, I think Leonard Floyd and and that linebacking core is athletic enough and is good enough in general to kind of keep that run game in check. I mean, no matter who it is, they have three good backs in with the Packers, so that might cause a little confusion. But I still don't think. Uh, I don't know. I it, it's tough. And I, going into the entire week, I was thinking, oh, it's the Packers. Oh, it's the Packers. And then and then. And that live stream last night, Jared, you really convinced me. You really swayed my, uh, you really swayed my my thinking there. Maybe I'm easily influenced because Cruz Cruz really uh, swayed my influence with the Saints game too. But whatever. Cruz yeah, is just the word. Those are the words of a dead man. Oh, Jared, you really swayed my, <laughs> my outlook. All right, listen, I am not I am not that much of a death sentence. Agree with me. There have been times I've been right on the money. It really just comes down to this game. It, like you said, it's just like Kevin said. Once you take Adams out of the game besides Tunyon, Aaron Jones, like it's not, I'm not shaking in my boots about this offense outside of Devontae Adams. So it, that's really what it comes down to. But Kev, what is this breaking news that you have so eloquently it's waited for It's not really breaking. However, uh, Denver seven has received some kind of report. Uh, their investigative reporter, Tony Kovaleski, that investigators are looking into claims of possible domestic abuse. Wait. Uh, it, they're not sure if it's verbal, physical, or, a complaint coming from a jilted lover. That's what the Channel 7 or Denver 7, whatever it is, that's what they put in their article. Uh, well, you guys saw those texts, right, that were on Twitter? I saw that they were trending. I didn't read them. They were pretty pretty freaky. I mean, who knows if they're real or not, but, I mean, damn. When I read that, I went, damn. All right, so that's that's uh, all about uh, Vaughn Miller. It also should be interesting now because we got to talk about the fact that like they're one of the teams that may take a swing at Watson, and not resigning Vaughn Miller was like the one way they were going to get their cap ups. So this may affect that a little bit too. Well, I mean, what were they going to offer for for Watson? Uh, Drew Locke and like four first round picks. Just <laughs> <was> gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't hate that. You know what? Actually, here's the move I would do. Kill two birds with one stone here. If there's some substance to the Von Miller thing, but not enough to press charges, you trade him, Drew Locke, and a couple picks of the Texans for J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson. I'm for it. I think it would work out wonderfully. All right. Y'all ready for the Saturday late game? And I do believe that is Bills and Ravens. All right, so we all – I think we all were in the same agreement. Take the Ravens here. I mean, Baltimore has a shot. Right. I guess I'd say – Take the Bills here. Take yeah. the Bills here. Sorry. Um, Again, Jared, if it's every day, it's not the day that – I didn't say it today, though. You motioned to it. You know what? I, I don't need this flack. All right. I had people – everyone's telling me – I'm seeing, I'm seeing on um, Twitter – on NFL Network, on ESPN, everyone's saying the Ravens are the hot team. They're the the Titans of this year, and I'm like, and and Josh Allen's got something to prove, and I'm like, are we thinking about the same teams right now? Because yeah, it's both, they were the, these are the two hottest teams in the AFC coming down the stretch. Like, I would argue that, 
And on top of that, though, the Bills were basically getting punched in the mouth by the second best roster in the AFC, or maybe third best if you count themselves. And they, it came down to quarterback play, and Josh Allen was a better quarterback. But what bewilders me is everyone's got this faith that Lamar Jackson is just going to keep is going to run for another 130 yards against um, this uh, Buffalo defense, who was the notorious architect of how to stop Lamar Jackson. Two athletic, fast linebackers stay in nickel the entire time and just make him beat you with his arm. Their secondary is nothing to shake a stick at either. Two best, the best safety combo in the damn league, plus a top five corner in Tredavious White. Even their backside guy is not a terrible cornerback either. So, what I think to me, this is what if the Bra- if the Bills play the style of football they have done so well this year, they keep they keep the ball clean on the other side. They get the ball to Diggs, Beasley, and John Brown, and they try to between Freeman and TJ, uh, between um, Singletary, DJ Yeldon, TJ Yeldon, uh, and maybe even mixing with Freeman. Who knows? I believe they can easily win this game by at least a touchdown, or at least, or like maybe a little less, maybe four points. But they're gonna, it's gonna be a slugfest game. It's not gonna be high scoring. At least I don't believe so. I can see I mean, it being high scoring one way. Sorry, Samir, I didn't mean to cut uh, you off. Smoking them. I didn't see the Bills putting up points. Uh, there will probably be some Lamar Jackson magic down the stretch that will make the score look better for the Ravens, but I can see Bills easily putting up 30. Put Diggs on a, on a seam or something, just see what happens. Dawson Knox is an underrated tight end. Oh, <laughs> I can see them getting their points. And yeah, Lamar Jackson might rush for two touchdowns and pass for another. They'll run another one with Mark Ingram, making it like 30 to 21 or something. But it, I have no doubt in my mind the Bills are going to control this game. Yeah, I don't I don't see how the Ravens really like take away on this. Like the, I think the Bills defense is like very well equipped to stop Lamar Jackson, which is just like the cornerstone of that offense. And when, when the Bills get the opportunity to get the ball and move it downfield, they're going to do that. Like, they have one of the best quarterbacks, and they have uh, one of the best wide receivers, but Stephon Diggs. So, and I mean, and then on top of that, they have Cole Beasley. They have like uh, the other version of Julian Edelman, the one that actually stays on the field for more than four games. Yeah, the dude who doesn't <laughs> get injured like three times a season. Yeah, I, I just I'm not buying the hype on the Ravens. I don't know where it's coming from. All right, sp- speaking of a hype game, uh, we've got. Browns and Chiefs. Now, if you told me that the divisional rounds at the beginning of the season would be Browns and Chiefs, I would have probably looked at you like you had four heads. I'd be like, what? The, uh, and I'm still in disbelief. That you, I mean, not who they, how, how, who they beat or how they beat them. I'm just still in the disbelief. It's the divisional round that we're talking about the Browns still being here. Um, And now we're talking about possibly the Browns even having a shot. And... There are three factors, I think, that lead to the Chiefs. We all pick the Chiefs, obviously, just because it's the smart pick. But we all gave a percentage points. I think we all were around the consensus of like 35 to 20% was kind of our range between the four of us. Um, we all talked about it, though. Kev said ball – one of you said ball control. Uh, I, I, I even chimed in with saying – I'll say right now, again – this is the Chiefs' first game in two weeks. Their star, for some of their stars, this is their first game in three weeks. Um, they might be rusty, and if Cleveland can get an early lead with that play-action game, 
if there's one team we can play catch up, it is the Chiefs. But if they can keep Mahomes off the field for so damn long, it's not going to matter. So there is a shot here. It's not a punch. It's a puncher's chance. It's not like a one in a million. This is like a serious shot, but it's going to be a, it's going to have to be a perfect storm though. So I don't know. What'd you guys think? Yeah. Kind of, you know, the only way I see the Browns having a chance is, uh, I think it was Samir who said it last night. It's just, it's running the ball and a lot of clock control, but even still, like I don't see them doing that effectively enough to just completely take Mahomes off the field. And when he gets back on, he's going to do his Mahomes magic, and it's he's just going to put points right back up. So I think last night I said it would take like a Mahomes injury for them to actually lose that game, and I kind of stand by that. The Browns need to be prepared for a shootout. That's the only way they're going to win. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to get injured. I hope he doesn't get injured. I, I don't like seeing injuries yeah. in players. I should say I do not hope for that to happen. I shouldn't. Oh, I'm not say. saying you do, Pat, but they're they have to be ready that they will take 10 minutes off the clock somehow just running the ball with kareem hunt and nick chubb and then a play action pass for a touchdown or something and then patrick mahomes comes on and scores in 30 seconds like they have to be mentally prepared for that and that defense has better have gotten their sprints in this week a lot of conditioning I'll say right here, I'm thinking I'm thinking Jarvis throws a touchdown. I think the Browns are pulling out all the stops, and I think that lefty huck is going to happen again. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a bunch of trick plays by the Browns. And there's probably going to be trick plays by the Chiefs, too, just because they're bored. <laughs> yeah. yeah they'll, be up, spin. they'll be up by, like, 40 points. It'd be like, oh, let's just break out this trick play and keep it interesting. Yeah, I've never fully gotten over the uh, Backstreet Boys spin move that uh, that the Chiefs have in their playbook. What's the play call for that? Is it Ferrari? Oh, I don't remember. I think it's Ferrari, and I part of me wishes that the Steelers won, just because I want them to see them change that play call to Corvette. <laughs> to put up their yeah. eighth touchdown of the game on the Steelers. Speaking of the Steelers, uh, anyone want to touch quickly on Chase Claypool? Just... Losing some brownie points there with this comments this week. So, I mean, I'll let you take a lead on this when You saw these comments like I did. I mean, this guy is physically one of the most gifted athletes in the NFL. Like, if you look at his, like, physical stats, it's comparable, like, only to DK Metcalf. So the fact that this guy is out here just chirping and hollering and talking about class after first off, there are clips, like plenty of clips, when they're going 11-0, he was in front of like DBs just putting his hand in people's faces on the sideline, chirping kids. And now he's saying, all oh, the Browns should have won with more class. And then on top of that, he said that after he dissed the six-string cornerback on the Browns, who had like one day of practice due to COVID, that he just did one little move on it. He backed up and he went, I scared him. See, I scared the six-string cornerback. Like, what is this guy talking about? Like, you have such a bright future. Why are you doing this to yourself? I think he's been hanging out with Juju too much. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Juju runs his mouth a bit, but not as much as Chase Claypool. Not. And then calling out people's class. Like, all right, I'm sorry. Chase Claypool's a baby back bitch. Like, Shit. oh, no. Baby back bitch. Baby back bitch. The playoffs by the Browns. He went to Notre Dame. You think he'd be used to losing big games. Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> 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 Like, I'm so upset that he mm-hmm. lost. Also, you know, they, yeah, they were dancing in the locker room after the game. They weren't dancing on the field like your teammate, Juju. 
Yeah. Um. Also, like, can we just talk about the fact that, like, that's his whole that whole culture. That team is just toxic. Yeah, Mike Tomlin's a piece of shit. I mean, Big Ben. Also, I cannot wait for Chase Claypool to suck next year in his rookie slump. I don't think he's gonna be the receiver I see slumping, but he's gonna. It's that well with the they're not resigning Juju, so at least it's like a ninety percent chance he's walking. So like, I definitely could see his numbers staying pretty even. Yeah, and then Chase Claypool becomes the guy. All the defense focuses on him, doesn't put six string corners on him, and then he sucks. No, it's still Johnson. Watch, that's not a bad receiving core because Deontay Johnson established himself as I think a better receiver than um, Juju for like eighty percent of the season. Oh, so he's going to suck because who the hell is going to throw him the ball? All right. Um, possibly Jalen Hurts. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Last game. Cruz bombed our – like photo bombed our show for about, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes trying to tell us that the Saints are going to win. He even suckered our poor intern into like taking a pick with them. Pat did it off GOAT status. I did it off the fact that it's just the Saints in the play in the first or second in the division round, which is usually their death sentence. Uh, <clears throat> Minnesota miracle. Um, and also, I also said it based off of the fact that Kev's a playoff Brady. And my last thing was that I don't think third times. I think third times a charm. This is the healthiest the the, um, the Bucks have been all year. Uh, they've established an identity, and I think they're gonna. This is gonna be the game they're gonna catch them because they. The Saints, yes, the Saints did pull the gap, the brakes off a little bit against the, the the Bears, but at the same time, I just don't see them turning on the gas that much harder for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay had a very jacked up and ready to fight Washington team who was just happy to be there, and a guy like Taylor Heineke playing for an NFL backup job. So, I, I, the the desperation level between the teams they were playing was very very different. So, I don't know. That that was my opinion. Samir, defend the Saints. Defend Cruz. All right. Here's what I'll say. That defense is great. I think that defense is outstanding, comparable to the Rams, but they don't have – I don't think they have a corner even near Ramsey, and I think that's Lattimore's what sets them apart. Yeah, Lattimore's good. Uh, but I think that defense is great, uh, but – Seeing Kamara, and I'm assuming they're practicing all week this week in person. They because Kamara didn't last week. I'm I'm seeing you know, Kamara, Breeze, Michael Thomas, maybe getting a full week of practice all together. The boys are back. That has a shot to be like they could they could shoot out the Bucks. And if anyone in the NFC has comparable weapons to the Bucks, I think it's the Saints. So I think that's how they're going to keep up. And in terms of the defense, I take. New Orleans over Tampa Bay. Honestly, you know what? This might be my little interim prediction. It's going to come down to special teams, gentlemen. I think that's what it might be. <laughs> that's an old take. That's my take. All season. <laughs> special teams, the most important facet of football. As I'm yeah. eating peppermint bark. Um, boy. I think it was the 2015 Chargers. Had the number one offense, number one defense, missed the playoffs because they had the 32nd ranked special teams. Yeah, we had we had this whole conversation because we were talking. Yeah, about, I'm like, just telling Samir because he wasn't here yet. So it's a good yeah, thing. That, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, that's why we got that's why we got Big Blue got Joe Judge, special teams coach, baby. 
Exactly. I mean, look at other special teams coaches in the NFL. John Harbaugh, he was a special teams guy. Was he really? Yeah. Yeah. Eagles special teams remember. coordinator for like 10 years or like eight years. I mean, I hate him, but the hire worked out. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, you guys got anything else about uh, this game before we move on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm. Oh, oh Kevin. Oh, okay. Um, so on paper, I feel like the, the Saints are the right choice, right? Like it's. I'm not gonna say the best defense in the NFL because the Rams do exist, but one of the best defenses. And you have Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas all playing together. But again. I will not count out Tom Brady and a motivated Tom Brady. You know, last season with the Patriots, who'd he have on offense, really? Like, who do you even have for receivers compared to who he has now? I just think his attitude going into this, uh, this like, postseason, completely different than last year. And I think it's going to show. Tom Brady with a week to just kind of, like, stew in his anger about how, like, if he loses this game, that might be his last opportunity for a Super Bowl. So I, I won't count Tom out, and I understand the Saints are the smart pick. Uh, Tom Brady does not throw a lot of interceptions in the playoffs. He threw five interceptions against the Saints this year, and yeah, people are going to come back. Tom Brady has the most intercepted passes in playoff history with 35. He's played, what, 31 games? Yeah. 31 playoff games. So that's one point, like two interceptions a game. He's not going to throw multiple interceptions. He's going to get everyone going, everyone working. And look him to feed Leonard Fournette, get some pressure off Brady, and it's going to work out. Tom Brady's like LeBron James. I guess LeBron's like Tom Brady because Tom Brady already had two Super Bowls by the time LeBron got in the league. But he steps up in the playoffs. I don't care about the regular season. Third time's the charm. Fair enough. All right. Moving on, we're going to go off sports topic quick. So, Kev, we had big news in video games this week. First one, Ubisoft announced they'll be doing a open-world sandbox Indiana Jones game. Or it might not be sandbox, but it's, I, I, it's going to be Indiana Jones game, but done by Ubisoft. So I'm excited about that one. And we had some Lucas, Lucas games got announced as well. There's a whole thing about a sandbox Star Wars game, which sounds incredible. And, uh, yeah, so what do you guys think about this one, Kev? I mean, you got the details of this. You yelled at me before because I miss I misspoke uh, about what the details were of this. But. You didn't misspoke. You just didn't understand it. It's fine. Admit it. We'll move on. Um, it's Lucasfilm Games, by the way, not mm-hmm. Lucas Games. Um, so basically what it is is EA does not have exclusive rights to Star Wars games anymore. It's going to be overseen by this new branch of Lucasfilm, which is under the Disney branch because they're a monopoly, which is terrifying. Uh, we need Teddy Roosevelt back. But my boy. So basically what it is, is EA will still make Star Wars games. We're not getting rid of that. But now Ubisoft and Bethesda will also be making Star Wars games. Look, Bethesda Star too. Wars RPG from Bethesda, probably, because that's kind of their bread and Ooh. butter or a monster filled Star Wars shoot 'em up game in the same vein as Doom. But I think it's going to be great. I think it's really going to work out because no one was happy about the EA Star Wars games. No, like, yeah, Battlefront 2 got better, but I haven't heard great things about... Squadrons uh, was fun. Squadrons was fun. I've heard it. I've heard it was enjoyable, kind of, but not that good. Uh, I heard it's repetitive. It yeah. is, though. It's, I, I was playing it last night. It's super repetitive, but it's fun for what it is, honestly. And you don't really pay... It's 
At face value, it's not a it's a it's a flight simulator of Star Wars. So uh, how much did you pay for that game though, Jared? Twenty three dollars. Would uh, you if you paid sixty dollars for it, would you feel it what you got your money's worth? It was forty at market launch, but um Okay, if you paid forty dollars, would you feel it was worth it? If I wasn't broke the time it came out, yeah. So far. Okay, fair enough, but I think it's also going to be great to see, you know, single-player Star Wars games, because EA likes to say how single-player games don't make money. Meanwhile, Rockstar is <laughs> cleaning up with their single-player games. Even Cyberpunk, which is broken as all hell, made a ton of money in Red Dead, too. Wow. But Assassin's Creed Valhalla, another good one. But it's going to be good. I'm hoping that they come out with a game where you're just, like, at the... Right before the Clone Wars, you're like a Jedi Padawan and stuff, and you just kind of go through the Clone Wars and like upgrade your guy and go through the Jedi trials. That's what I want out of a Star Wars game. Or you get to be like a Mandalorian or a bounty hunter, would be dope too. No, the the idea though that like you're a, you're a Padawan at like the start of the Clone Wars and you just like progress, like that'd be that'd actually be really good. But now my expectations are really high, and if that's not it, I'm gonna kind of be let down a bit. <laughs> so it's gonna be my fault. Yeah, yeah actually, thanks, thank you. Yeah. I just want, like, I just want the chance to, like, walk around as a Mandalorian bounty hunter or something like that. Like, that's all I want. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 like, when you think about Star Wars, like, we just want to be in the world. And if we, if there is even a chance that we could possibly get, like, a Star Wars game that's just No Man's Sky but actually good. Yeah. That would be probably the greatest thing of any of our lifetimes. I, just, I also wouldn't mind a Star Wars Basically, it's Fallout, but Star Wars. I was going to say, did oh, you yeah. say Bethesda was getting involved in that? Uh, Yeah, that's what I read. Okay, because Fallout 76 was garbage, but, like, obviously the history of, like, Bethesda as a whole since getting, Still like, the Fallout written. series. Yeah, I mean, like, the Elder Scrolls series and, like, the, fall- the Fallouts that they did actually make, Fallout 3, um, really good. Um, So as long as Todd Howard doesn't screw it up, that's all I'm hoping for. Well, so now makes- Microsoft controls them. It's not – so Ubisoft making the Star Wars game, Bethesda's making the Indiana Jones game. Oh, okay. But All I right. think the fact that uh, Bethesda's making an Indiana Jones game might open up to a Bethesda Star Wars game. Okay. I'm sorry for Indiana Jones game. It looks like so much fun. Just like even the thought of like Bethesda making it just cause it makes me happy. I, they better make it like something like the same kind of genre as like Drake's Uncharted because that was like the one thing I hated about Xbox. I never got to play those games. Yeah, those exclusives, man. Sucks. Yeah, it's okay. Can't relate, you guys. Cannot relate. You know what? Intern, you're fired. <laughs> it's all right. No, I was kidding. I mean, he never got Halo. That's true. Yeah. I, I had I had I had the 360, so I I played Halo 4, which was fun. That was the only Halo I ever played. You never played Halo 3, you heathen. I was going to say. I played Halo 3. I had a PS3. Oh, that's true. Combat Halo 3, Combat was, Evolved. Do, do you like, um... Samir, do you like Fallout games? Love Fallout games. All right, have fun never playing one of those again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, they said they're not going to be exclusives. I mean, I was going to say, be on PC anyways. Yeah. After 76, I was a little disappointed, but, you know, we'll get, a, we'll get a real one soon. All right. Uh, Kev, you got anything weird for me before we bounce it to uh, last call? I don't have anything weird. But I do want to get on my soapbox for a minute. Oh, here we go. He's going to start screaming. Let's I'm go. not going to start screaming. This is like a positive thing. Okay. If anyone listening, I said this on Tailgate and the Quad. I put it in a blog I wrote. 
if you haven't gotten your national championship gear yet, any Alabama fans or any sports fans, if you just want to buy more gear, don't look at Nike.com or Fanatics or Dicks or Academy Sports if you're in the South. Look at like the locally owned stores in your college town. I mean, I worked for one for two years. They're hurting with all this COVID stuff, just like everyone else. Go there. They still carry Nike products. You're still going to get a good shirt. Just put some money back into local businesses, not a multinational conglomerate that is trying to buy all of our souls. Yeah, screw you, Walmart. Like BamaStuff.com. Go, go check it out. Buy a shirt. True. I love it. Jumps on a soapbox. All right. Um, Little guy plugs. Nice. Yeah, right. Uh, I actually have no last call today, so we're not going to have to do the Motley Crue music or anything. Um, but, uh, yeah, great week of shows, boys. going to be a great week of football. Um, yeah. Enjoy your weekend, guys. Watch and just uh, be safe. Don't be stupid. Later. Peace. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Podcast Network.